I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Beginning of the week. Apologies for me not being around last week. Massive, massive mix-up. Peel back the curtain a little bit. I am recording this at the end of the week, and I've brought myself on a guest who recently has visited every bar in Latvia, has done some sort of Eurovision for someone or other I can't remember now. Today we're doing a mock draft, but we're mixing it up. We're not doing the mock draft. We've already done the mock draft, and we're going to be breaking down the picks as they work for fantasy. And this isn't an all-offense. There's defensive players, linemen, and I thought, man, who do I know that's, that's good at this? Tom's busy sorting out the mock draft for five-yard I'll go to the other side of that court. I've got Ash back. Ash, it's been way too long since me and you did a pod together, mate. Welcome back. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Very glad to be back. And it has been such a long time, actually, thinking thinking about it since we've done one, just the two of us. Yeah, I was at my old flat the last time we did one. But yeah, me and Tom have been, have been smashing it out, really enjoying it. Obviously, I'm the better half as well. And well, I, I, you know, it's, it's not for me to say I, I can't possibly. It's like children, you can't have a favourite, right? Well, that's true. But I mean, I think Tom's starting to lose it a little bit with some of the weird stuff he's coming out with about me. But, you know. It's it's a weird and wonderful trip around Europe as to everything you've managed to achieve so far in your young life. So that's very true. That's very true. I, I do enjoy the edit, I've got to say, when uh, when because obviously <laughs> I don't know what, what, what happens. I just listened to the beginning and then it was a Eurovision. I thought, no, there's no way I did that. <laughs> and then every bar in Latvia, that's, I don't know how many bars there are in Latvia, but that's some achievement. If that's if, if you have visited every bar in Latvia, let us know, because that, that would be good to know it's actually possible. And then 
we can company expense Ash out to Latvia to do it. Oh, I'd take that in well, a heartbeat. Everyone's a winner. So at Five Yard Rush, at Five Yard College, if you've done it, you know where we are. Right, Rush Nation. Like I said, we've done a mock draft. But Ash has done mock drafts over at Five Yard College. We've done mock drafts regarding fantasy. And I thought, has anybody done a full 32-team first-round mock draft and talked about how fantasy is affected by each pick? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm fully aware that this is only a mock draft and this isn't how it happens. I mean, if this is how it falls in the NFL draft, then we've nailed it right on the head, Ash, because that, that would be some some vision to ascertain right there. But... What we did, in the interest of fairness, neither Ash nor I have made a pick in this draft. We set it up on, I'm going to get this wrong, Ash, PFN? It was indeed, yep. Yep, so over on Pro Football Network, PFN, we set up a one-round mock draft. We didn't take a team, we just hit auto and let the thing do its work. We thought we were going to get Trevor Lawrence to the Jags at number one. PFN decided to be exciting and throw something else in there, and we went with it because, hey, why not? Everyone's got Lawrence going to the Jets, uh, Jags, sorry, at one. But in ours, it just didn't work out that way. And we've got a few other trades as we go through. I think there was five in total. So we're going to get to them. Ash, do you want to go through the entire order first or do you want to just run through it as we go? I reckon we run through it as we go and then we'll leave people in suspense to see who's traded and who's gone where. Okay. Well, I've ruined that suspense by telling everybody the first pick. Well, yeah. So... <laughs> When Ash ran the mock, we suggested, well, I suggested that one of us did odds, one of us did evens. Then Ash decided he wanted some part of the Steelers' life in this pod. So he chose evens. He's going to do the Steelers, which meant I got the odds. Broncos didn't trade out a nine. Therefore, I did my team. He did his. We're both happy. So we'll start with the number one overall pick, which was Trevor Lawrence. It just wasn't the Jaguars. It was the Jets. So in that trade, the Jets sent the second pick, the 23rd pick, the 34th pick, a 2022 first and second for the Jaguars' 2021st pick. The Jets just decided that they couldn't have done any more to get that number one pick by tanking. So annoyed with themselves, they just thought, you know what, we're going to get Trevor Lawrence regardless. Here's an absolute haul. And they, they the Jags accepted it. So the Jets moved up to one, selected Trevor Lawrence, and it's this absolute madness from the get-go, Ash. It is madness from the get-go, but uh, to be honest, I mean, I think, yes, the Jets play, have paid a great deal for that pick, but I would be pretty happy as a Jags fan if that was to come to pass. I think, obviously, everyone knows that Lawrence is the best player in this draft, probably one of the best quarterbacks for a number of years that we'll have eventually, but I mean, to get that sort of haul for a team like the Jags, I think would be just as sweet for them. So, yeah, what a, what a start! And then obviously the Jags, the Jags put themselves at second. They did stick there. They did go quarterback, and it was probably a surprising one for for the for the pair of us, despite my love for him. But they decided to take Justin Fields from Ohio State, which. I suspect we'll raise a fair few eyebrows. Everyone's got um, a certain Zach Wilson slated in as the uh, as the second guy, second quarterback off the board. I don't personally. Me neither. Um, and Stocks was shaking his head and he's agreed with me. So I like that. But I think Justin Fields would be a great fit for the Jags, to be honest with you. I think Justin Fields would be a great fit anywhere. Yes, 
my personal opinion, and I've mentioned this on the uh, on the on the on the college pod, everyone has been looking for his issues because he had such a good 2019. Obviously, we had the delayed start in 2020. I think people were looking for the issues, which you're going to do with a, a high-profile player like Fields coming into the league. But what he does offer, he's got an arm that can make pretty much any throw on the field. Mm-hmm. He's electric, or with his with his legs, he can he can he, he can do it on designed plays. He can escape the pocket. And to be honest, a lot of his issues, a lot of his errors, come from him being too overconfident. He's so confident with the ball that he'll 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 make an error that way he believes in his arm too much he'll wait for the perfect pass and he'll make unnecessary unnecessary errors if he can get that out of his game which if, if he lands with a good enough quarterback coach i personally feel he can he's a franchise quarterback there's no doubt about it and i find it very interesting that he would be potentially have a chance of starting day one i think it went if lawrence as we expect, walks through the door at Jags, he is going to be a day one starter. I think if Fields were to um, go in day one, they might they might bring in a veteran or they might have a battle between him and Minshew to begin with. And we could see one of those start. But Fields' dual threat ability is his most intriguing factor from a fantasy point of view. He has everything that you want from a quarterback that can run it and can pass it. He reminds me a lot of um, Prescott. He's a similar size. He's not as tall and he doesn't look as big, but he's a similar size and he runs, he runs with the ball just as well as Prescott and he can make things happen. So, and if he can, if he's got the right weapons around him, I'm, I'm very, very excited for him as a, as a prospect in the NFL and in fantasy. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I have him as my number two quarterback in, in the upcoming playbook. And I think it's like you said, I mean, it's always been Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields battling it out for, for, as, you know, as soon as they were in the, in college together or every, every step of the way, it's been them two. And I think, I think he's got just as good a shout as Zach Wilson to go at number two. I mean, it's pretty much everything you hear now with, is the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. But just to break this down a little bit further, Ash, you did then finish the draft off as the Jaguars to see what sort of haul you could get for that Jets pick so is it Trevor Lawrence or do you then go for Justin Fields at two they do take an offensive tackle at 23 which we'll talk about which in itself will help Justin Fields then they get Caleb Farley with their pick at number five Joseph Asai Edge from Texas at 33 Pat Freemuth at 34 so just out of the first round then they get Elijah Moore they take a linebacker at 65 then they get Khalil Herbert who's a polarizing running back in this draft he he could well be superb he's just got a few things to work on then they take defensive tackles the safeties then tomorrow in terry at 170 i mean that could be an absolute draft bargain at that point and then you take an offensive guard oh and then you take a 2022 first and 22 second into next year to keep building onto that roster so for me if i'm jacksonville and the jets offer anywhere near that I am snapping their hand off faster than you can say, get me out of here. Cause it's unbelievable. hundred yeah, percent. I mean, you, you look at that, you've got four, four or five starting caliber players from the outset. Plus you've got those two additional picks next year, which ugh, I don't know. I think jets are probably still going to be um, near the bottom of the pack than they are the top next year. So potentially another high, high round first, you'd snap your hand off as much as like we say, Lawrence is a, is a, generational quarterback I don't like to use that word but that's what's thrown around a lot about him 
one player for 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 all of that. I mean, it's a real juicy juicy prospect. Absolutely. So with Fields going at two, the 49ers are up at three. Now we don't know what's going on in Carl Shanahan's or, or the 49ers organizational heads right now, but is it Mac Jones? For me, if that happens, it's an absolute shocker of a franchise decision. I wouldn't take Mac Jones over Fields. That's, it's not even in the consideration for me. Yes, people in the organization are saying Mac Jones is better than Tua, but for me, Fields is by far the better quarterback of those pair. And at three, the 49ers are sitting there. It wasn't Mac Jones. Wilson's sat there thinking, what's happened? The Jets haven't selected me. This has all gone terribly wrong. But don't you worry. 49ers, they take Wilson at three. Currently, Jimmy G's still there. So will he sit behind Jimmy? Will it be a quarterback battle? We don't know. But Wilson has shown that he has the ability to make throws on the run. He's supremely accurate on the deep ball. And in Shanahan's system, this is going to really help to make the wide receivers much more dangerous with his ability to throw deep down the field, but not only in an arc, but he's also got that laser where he can fire balls into tight windows. It's also, he, he does use his feet well, so that's going to help running backs more dangerous because the RPO is going to come into the play. Linebackers might be lost with a little bit because they might be spying Wilson, so Mostert and Wilson might take an uptake as well. But yeah, I, I, Wilson, man, had one hell of a season last year, but is it flash in the pan stuff or do you think he actually has what it takes? Yeah, Wilson's a very intriguing one. We, I mean, we're, we're seeing it more and more every year now. Uh, a quarterback in particular will absolutely smash it out of the park in the season before they're due to enter the draft and fly up the boards. And I think Wilson is is rightly in the conversation with with, with Fields, Lawrence and, uh, and Lance and, and Jones, if you want to put him there as well. And I do like I do like what I've seen from him. Yes, it could potentially be a flash in the pan, and he could be found out a bit more at the next level. But I mean, what like you? I think you've summed him up brilliantly there. I, I I see him as personally as much as I think he is very good with his feet. I can see him more as a uh, chain mover. Um, I think he's deep, he's got a great throw, deep throw, deep ball throw, but he just seems to at times lack that whiz. The, the actual like the the speed of getting the ball there I think can let him down sometimes as accurate as he as he is um, and he's got an interesting injury history as well that I think people need to be aware of if he takes too many big hits and if he's on a bad offense with a bad line he's had he's had shoulder surgeries in the past it's a but he's a, he's a he's an inter- a very interesting prospect um, and I think landing spot will be very significant for him. What number? Do you know off the top of your head what number Wilson wore in college, Ash? Oh, I want to say 13, but I don't I want to say 12. Let's have a look. We'll do a quick number. Uh, n- nope, we are both wrong. He wore number one. Has he always worn one? I don't know. Uh, Come on, Ash. Sportsreference.com, no. it will tell you. Oh, uh, will it? Yeah, okay, on sportsreference.com. There you are, Rush Nation. There's a tip. If you want to go out college fans, uh, players, if you sports reference is like footballreference.com, but for college, and it tells you top right ish all their numbers that they wore. Square 11 colors. and 1. Oh, 11 okay. and 1. I, I just had this thought today that my sister, she used to live uh, up the road from BYU University when she lived in America, and she bought me a BYU jersey last year, uh, two oh, years really? ago, and it's number 12. And I think that was their quarterback when Wilson was injured. And I thought, if Wilson, because it doesn't have a name on the back, it's like one of the old school ones with no names. And oh, I right. thought, 
have I got a Wilson jersey without actually, but turns out I've, I've got a nobody. So we'll move on. We'll move on. Ash, the Falcons take the fourth quarterback and Trey Lance at number four. They do indeed, yes. And Trey Lance is probably the most exciting and scary quarterback in this <laughs> class all at the same time because there is no denying the potential this kid has. I mean, he he could be the best one out of this bunch with his, with his abilities. Um, but at the same time, he is on the more raw side because of the, um, the lack of play time. Um, the FCS level he played at will always be on his shoulders as well. Um, but I mean, the chance to sit behind Matt Ryan with would do Lance wonders. And I, I personally think this is going to be, unless the Falcons move out, this is going to be the pick for them at four. And if it is, that will be, probably one of Lance's best landing spots because he will not have a barring an injury to Ryan he will not have that pressure of being a rookie quarterback that's going to be thrown straight into it which I think would would be very bad for him he's super athletic but he doesn't rely on his feet he whizzes the ball through the air he can make pretty much any pass you want him to um, but he's equally as effective on his feet if not more so Um, and as I say I think from a from a fantasy point of view, you are banking on a bit more of an investment from him. And it's going to have to be a high pick in particular in the super flex league. He's going to go high because he's a, he's a high profile quarterback that's going to go high in the draft, but potentially, and hopefully he's going to be one that will be sat on your roster um, as he develops much like, I don't, I'm not comparing him to him, but (laughs) similar, (laughs) you know where I'm going with this, similar to Mahomes, have that chance to sit behind a veteran quarterback for a year, develop your game at the NFL level, improve and overcome those issues. Deep ball, for example, his accuracy is very up and down one minute. He's thrown an absolute bomb to his wide receiver. The next minute it's, it's just gone completely wrong. Um, (laughs) And I think just his overall passing just needs a bit more fine tuning. He can be slightly erratic at times with the ball and he likes to throw it on the move quite a lot and like on it off his back foot and just while he's off balance, which works for Mahomes, but for, for most quarterbacks, you lose a bit of that accuracy. So, but I'm very excited by him. I think from a fantasy point of view, he would, he could potentially be lights out because of his, his again, much like Fields, dual threat ability. You love to see it from a quarterback. Yeah, and I think two points on that. First is I think Matt Ryan's at least got one year left of his contract, maybe two, that might cost the Falcons some cap here. But on the flip side of that, Matt Ryan, to me, from what I've seen on social media and his interviews and stuff, comes across much more in the vein of the Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes as opposed to Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, where Matt Ryan really does seem the sort of guy who will father Trey Lance into becoming the next quarterback for the Falcons because if you see anything Matt Ryans does it's all Falcons all the time and he seems that you know this if he could stay in Atlanta for the rest of his career I think he would if they draft if they draft Trey Lance that obviously isn't going to happen but what Matt Ryan will want for the Falcons is for them to still be competitive and the best way to do that is to father Trey Lance rather than compete with him if that makes sense. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think there's, there is, of course, other landing spots that will be favourable to Lance just because of having a veteran in front of you. But you don't know how that veteran's going to react. Like you say, it could be a Flacco situation. He, he could land somewhere. The, 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 the starting quarterback could get his back up and, and Lance is on his own then. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I've got the Bengals at five. They take a wide receiver. You know, everybody thought the first wide receiver off the board would be Jamar Chase, considering he's Joe Burrow's best mate. But in the most Bengals move ever, rather than protect Joe Burrow, who got beaten up bad last year and draft one of the absolute blue chip offensive linemen in this class, they go and add Jalen Waddle. Yep, I said Jalen Waddle, not Jamar Chase. They didn't pair the guys back together. Now, Jalen Waddle, listen, absolutely unreal prospect under the radar prospect for me from Alabama if you go and look at his numbers and I talk about this in the playbook there'll probably be a few playbook references in this Rush Nation I apologize if you go and read my breakdown in the playbook I talk about how if you dive into Waddle's numbers at the same time as Devonta Smith Waddle has been productive for his entire career and has just gone under the radar unless you are a serious college head you just don't know how good Jalen Waddle has been for Bama until this year when he got injured and this was supposed to be his big year after the guys left last year, Devonta Smith happened to stand up and become the guy. But Jalen Waddle throughout his career has been ridiculously good for Alabama. And for me, he automatically becomes a wide receiver too with top 15 upside just because of how good he is and how fast he is. And I think he's the sort of uh, John Ross that they wanted. And I think he's going to be the, the, the Waddle that they're, get in in this situation you know he's he's over the top guy he's lightning fast but he's also got superb hands can do short work stuff is Tyler Boy going to take a hit because most of his stuff come from the slot and we're going to see Waddle in and out of slot rotation on on short passes on slants and stuff quick work but yeah I don't know I, I think this is this would be a superb move if they had people to protect Burrow but Ash we didn't make the picks so no, I mean, you've got to love the pick from a Waddle Burroughs <laughs> point of view, 100%. Yeah. You've got to hate the pick from a Burroughs staying on his feet point of view, but you've summed up Waddle perfectly there. And I mean, you just, like you you mentioned his stats, you just got to go back and look at his stats. In his freshman year, um, I, I believe he caught over 800 yards and seven touchdowns with these um, Judy, Ruggs, um, the, all the other wide receivers that yeah. were around him. His sophomore year, um, he, he he missed a lot of time because of injury. Still caught over 500 yards. Still caught six touchdowns. And then this year, yet yeah, yeah, again, injury. That's going to come up. That is a concern for Waddle when you add in his size. But again, uh, nearly 600 yards and four touchdowns before he went down injured. He is on the smaller size. Size. I did say the right word, Um, which which then, which at times means he will struggle against bigger corners and he will get outdone in the 1v1 battles. However, he's so explosive. He gets to his top speed and he gets to that acceleration so quickly. They're gone. He's gone Mm -hmm. from them already. He's that type of player that will beat someone or with his feet and then get the ball in the open space. If he's in open space, no one's catching him. It's over, game over. And he's got ridiculous route running ability as well he he runs his route so well he'll beat a defender so you won't have to go into that battle against him and he's just so exciting but it's just a shame what that Burroughs is not going to be on his feet to pass in the ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah um 
um, I, I love it, but then I absolutely hate it as well. So, yeah, I agree. Well, on to I mean, the start of this draft is is, is been, was very exciting. I have to say because the Dolphins are up now at six. They haven't moved back out of that. Obviously, they traded up for it, as we well know, in that massive day of trading between the 49ers and... Was it, was it the Eagles? Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles, 49ers, Dolphins, a mad day of trading. They have decided to take a tackle, which I found slightly surprising considering <laughs> they picked up Jackson and Hunt last year. But what I found more surprising is that it was Rashawn Slater from Northwestern and not Penice Well. Now... This will come as a massive shock to a lot of people that Suell, that Slater goes above Swell. But it shouldn't be as dramatic as people think. Because yes, Suell is an unbelievable talent and he's got absolute incredible upside. But Slater is a dark horse in this draft class. And that's weird to say considering he's in top 10 conversation. But from an offensive tackle point of view, when everyone's talking about Suell, Slater has slightly gone... Un, unnoticed for a time especially up before this year but he can he's 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 very versatile because he's on the shorter side people think he's going to move into guard but I personally think he will do an exceptional job at tackle if he stays there but he has that versatility to move to guard he's got one of the best engines out of all the tackles he's got unbelievable mobility and agility compared to the rest of this class obviously he's up there with Swell in terms of um in terms of agility in my opinion and he's got the power to back it up as well what I would recommend listeners to do if they haven't seen much of Slater and they're a bit unsure go back and watch the Ohio State game last year 2019 sorry and see what Slater did to Chase Young now let's not forget Chase Young was a second overall pick last year Mm mm-hmm and he's been dominant this year in the NFL in his rookie year. Slater put him down on multiple occasions, kept him quiet for the whole game. Now, not a lot of people do that against a guy like Young. Now, I think the, I've mentioned Slater's size. That is a slight issue for him because it does mean he's got he's not got the longest arms, which can be an issue for tackles. Obviously, gut with the rushes getting into him and getting to your chest, and then they'll dictate the play. But what he does... He's so hyper-aggressive and he's got such a good stance that he will dictate the play by being in the right position before the rushers can engage. And I think this just adds another versatile piece to this Miami offensive line that, yes, is young and has a lot of high draft capital, but they've got Kinley in at guard. They've got Hunt in at right tackle. Personally, I think what will happen if this were to happen is that Slater, the Aust- that Jackson would move over to the right and I think Slater would slot in as the left. But um, there's such versatility across that line and I think it would actually be an upgrade for them and give uh, Tua a bit more protection. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking as, as you were saying that, Ash, that we are fully invested in this mock draft. You know, this is a fantasy football show, but you and I have pretty much written down that this is how it's going to happen. This is fact. And we are fully invested in the outcome of this mock draft. So I'm absolutely loving it. I am going to move on to the next pick. It's going to be a swift one at seven. The next wide receiver came off the board. The Lions stuck around and selected Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama, Jamar Chase slides once again. Unbelievable decision in my eyes. But again, we never made this. As I mentioned, the Lions, they're in full rebuild. Kenny Golladay's gone. Marvin Jones has gone. They did bring in some wide receivers who are at the moment placeholders, if you ask me. This is a great move if you need a wide receiver to start 
because I think Devonta Smith will automatically walk in and be the wide receiver one in Detroit. I think he's, we don't know if Goff, I mean, Goff is probably going to be the starter this year. We've seen him be serviceable with wide receivers over in Los Angeles with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But yeah, I mean, apart from TJ Hawkinson, there was nobody here. So it made sense-ish that they go wide receiver and Devonta Smith or Chase Young. I would have gone Chase Young here, but Devonta Smith... He adds speed, big playability, really, really good hands, good yards after the catch. However, again, he is quite small. I'm quite, is he, uh, he's small, isn't he, Ash? He's light. Yeah, yeah, he's very light. He's 170 pounds. I think he weighed in at the, uh, at their pro day, which is, which is less than he was officially registered at, which is unsurprising for a wide receiver to lie about their size. But yeah, <laughs> the, the, the size is always going to be an issue. People are going to, I think, to be honest, it's more of a, a fan base and a um, analyst, shall we call it, base point of view. I think that wider audience are more concerned about his size than I think the NFL would be yeah. because he's probably, he's up there with Chase as the most well-rounded and the most NFL-ready wide receiver despite his size. Um, he'll need, I think the Lions is an intriguing landing spot if it were to happen because as you say, Goff is there and he's not the, he's not the most, He's not the best passer of the ball, let's say. <laughs> Too kind. Um, yeah, I know. But I think Smith will make the play for the ball, regardless of how it gets to him. Um, yeah. And he's got that speed to overcome the, the the size. And he's got the ability all round, apart from his size. So I'm, I'm not concerned. It's about, I'd agree with you. I think Jamar Chase would be the pick here for me. But I think Smith is definitely in that conversation with Waddle um, as the as the next guy off the board. Yep, 100%. Ash, at eight, the Packers trade up with the Panthers. The Packers have traded all the way up to the number eight. And to do that, they gave up pick 29, 62, 92, and a 2022 first first round pick, which is a lot. But when when you think about who they've picked up, and that man is the guy who I can't believe has dropped this far, Panay Suel, who we have just discussed... I, I understand it. We remember Green Bay from, I'd say, no more than, what, three, four years ago, having one of the best offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. That that offensive line has slowly but surely dwindled down, whether it be to age or to people leaving. Um, the centre, Corey Lindsley, I think it's Corey Lindsley who left, hasn't he? He's gone to the Chargers. This line has slowly but surely just, just dropped down a level, as you'd expect. Um and they need to increase that because Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. He's coming off the back of an MVP season. You want to keep him upright. You get a guy like Sewell. It's a lot to pay for him. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot to pay for a tackle, but it's a tackle that you're going to have. It's a Pro Bowl caliber tackle that you're going to have for well over a decade, in my opinion, that's got just the most unbelievable upside you've ever seen. <laughs> this guy's, well, how old is he? 21? Yeah. He's, he's young, very he's young. He's 20 or 21, I think. Yeah, very young. And he doesn't look it for a start. He's, <laughs> he's a big lad, but he's got but he's got so much more room to get bigger and he's going to continue to get bigger and he's going to get better and it's scary. That's all I'm going to say is scary. I wouldn't want to come up against him uh, if, I was, if I was an edge rusher, let's, let's just say that. But I think it's an instant upgrade to that offensive line to keep Rodgers on his feet and make Rodgers do what he can, what he can do best. Yeah, he's 20, actually. He was born on the 9th of oh, October, 2000. That makes me feel old. <laughs> well, I don't want to let you know what it does <laughs> for me. 
I mean, when we saw this playing out, I was thinking just one more, just one more. And the Broncos are in absolute wonderland here with Penny still dropping that far. But it was never to be. We don't know whether the Panthers might have taken him because at that point, best player available. He's... Oh, without a doubt. But with the quarterbacks, I think Justin Fields in real life could be the guy the Broncos go after at four if they make a play. Just in, the way, just in what we're hearing, whispers in the bushes and stuff. And I think if he is there at four... He's the guy that I would like Denver to make a play after. Otherwise, I think Denver either trade back because grab future assets because on a defense, they're pretty much set up for this year. Offense, they're all really young. Got an aging running back with Melvin Gordon. Now, Philip Lindsay is out the door. Drew Locke, is he the one? I'd be happy to trade up for Justin Fields. But I think at nine, we either go linebacker or you take a tackle and Without if all the quarterbacks had gone, Denver obviously couldn't offer enough to go up to get the guys they wanted with fields going so early. And they went tackle. And I'm pretty pleased with that. Like I said, I thought it was going to be Penn Isol. Turns out it's Christian Darislaw from my Virginia Tech Hokies. Now, absolutely great move if the Broncos are going to get rid of Drew Locke next year because you add a super tackle to uh, an offensive line that... It is is okay. It's got some good bits and some bad bits, but by adding a tackle, you are shoring up Drew Lock for this year. And you say to Drew Lock at this point, right, mate? There is now literally no excuse if you don't do it this year. Unfortunately, that's that's it. You're gone. Um, apparently, I listening to Locked On Broncos today with Cody Rourke. They were saying they've had trade offers for Drew Lock, which. I can't believe if you've had a trade off of a Drew Lock, you don't take that and then just package up a deal and go up and get one of the guys if you really want to do that. Unless they're really in on Drew Lock, I don't know. But I mean, if we do take a tackle, it helps to project Drew Lock. It helps more Melvin Gordon now was the running back one in the passing game. And in the run game, it may help Gordon punch in those short yardage touchdowns we saw at LA. Sutton and Judy, they benefit from having more time with Drew Locke to pass the ball. I think it's a good move. I think if we do go tackle at nine, I won't be disappointed. Yeah, and I think Darius Shaw's best in the in the run game. Um, he's disgusting in the run game. In fact, he <laughs> like he's just so aggressive um, when it, when it comes to the engagement, in particular in the run game. And he can definitely hot, and he can definitely do a job in the pass protection as well. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you haven't re-signed Dotson, have you? He's gone. Is that right, Damar? The tackle? I don't know. Give me twenty seconds. Keep talking. I'll <laughs> I'm pretty. Out. I'm pretty sure Dotson isn't coming back. So you, in theory, do have a hole at right tackle, and I think he would be. He, he can easily play a left or right tackle, and I think he'd do an exceptional job. Exceptional job on the right, and he's another one. We've got a running theme with these first three tackles. The athleticism, along with the explosive power that these three offer is just ridiculous. Um, and I think Darashaw is, in my opinion, I swing between him and Slater as the second tackle on a regular basis. Thankfully, we've set our rankings now for the draft, so I can't change it anymore. Um, but it's very, very close between those two. And it's closer between those two to sort to Sewell than I think other people have because uh, don't get me wrong, Sewell is an unbelievable gener- like an unre- unbelievable talent, but Darius Ron Slater are right, are right up there with him, and I think he'll be an instant Im- upgrade to this line. I uh, I think there's nothing I can see that say he's been released. Okay, even so, I mean he's he's getting on now, isn't he? So yeah, 
Yeah. No, but I, I like do, it. I do like it. And we are on to number 10, which is the Dallas Cowboys. They haven't moved. They've stuck with it, which is probably the best thing for them because they have <laughs> picked up Patrick Sertain. And we know how much help Dallas needs at the cornerback position in particular. I think they could have gone a bit more aggressive in free agency, if I'm honest, with the corners. They have picked up a couple of guys, but they're, they're placeholders. They're, they're, they're backups, rotational options. Sertain is anything but that. We know that cornerbacks coming into the NFL do on at most most of the time take a little while to transition into that role I think it will be beneficial for him to be with the two the wide receiver two to start with and as I, as I do with all the cornerbacks in this in this class um, but just just purely to allow him to transition into the NFL but but what Satan has is great size he's he's probably he's, he's exactly where you want to be for a cornerback and he has the physicality to back it up with the speed he's not the quickest there's no there's no doubt about that um but he relies on his his intelligence and his size so the guys don't get away he will he will stick to a man like glue from the line of scrimmage all the way to the to the you see you see this they see the play out and i think it it automatically gives dallas that upgrade they need at cornerback the one area that i that that is sometimes a concern is his reaction off the snap. Sometimes he can just be that second too late. And if you're a second too late in the NFL, that wide receiver is gone. Yeah. So he's just, he's just got to get his timings down a little bit more, but there's no doubt in his ability. And for me, he's by far the, that's a lie. He's not by far, but he is the cornerback one for me in this draft class. And Dallas need that upgrade. And I still don't think it does a great deal overall to their defense in terms of uh, the DST and the, and the long term. but he is, He's, he's an upgrade, nonetheless, that they desperately need. <coughs> I mean, last year they gave up a franchise record amount of points uh, to opposing teams, Dallas. So it, their whole defense last year was a shocker. And I don't think you can fix it with one first round pick, regardless of who you take. So uh, question, Ash, if uh, my boy, oh God, Caleb Farley, a complete mind blank there. <laughs> Caleb Farley was fit and didn't have required back surgery. Would he be your cornerback one? Yes, I have Farley above Sertan um, ever so slightly. I'm I'm fully Um, in agreement with you. And I I still have him high despite the back injury. Um, Yes, it's concerning. It's his second second surgery on that back, but it is not a devastating procedure. What is devastating is the fact that it's been ongoing for so long. But I mean, he's his, his talent is, is just unbelievable. And again, he's but he has got a similar size to to Sertain. Sertain, I keep I, I change his name every time I say it. He's got a similar size, but he's got ridiculous speed on top of that. He is mm. he is a breakneck speed quarterback, cornerback, which adds everything that that Sertain's got, and then that as well. Yeah, I think I think regardless of where he lands, as long as he overcomes this injury, he's going to be a lights out cornerback from from day one. Absolutely. We'll talk about a bit more of him at number 25 when we do eventually get there, Ash. Right, on to 11. The Giants select edge rusher from Miami, Gregory Rousseau. Now, Gregory Rousseau sat out of the 2020 season due to COVID. Uh, Didn't he record something stupid like 13 and a half sacks or something in 2019? Um, Yeah, it was around that. It was somewhere between 13 and 15, um, which was his his first year as a full-time starter. (laughs) 
Um, Now, in many mock drafts I've done as the Broncos, the Giants want to come up to number nine to get Gregory Rousseau. They do it pretty much every other mock draft I'm doing right now. So the fact that it didn't happen in this one is somewhat of a surprise. But when you look at Gregory Rousseau's tape, it's it's a frightening... What he offers in the pass rush is frightening. 15 and a half sacks in his freshman year. Okay, I was well short. That's, <laughs> that's just... But do we think after opting out, his value draft value dropped? Or do we think that this is a pretty good spot for, for Russo to be, to be picked? I personally think his draft value has dropped slightly. Um, I still think he's going to go around this sort of area, possibly a bit lower. I wouldn't be surprised to see him around the 20s, purely because it's one year. Um, it's a one-year sample size at the end of the day. Sure. Um, he is he is what you would call more of a develop, de- developmental talent, but he has got ridiculous upside. I mean, again, he's another young player. I think he's similar to Sewell, sort of 20, 21, something like that, unless I'm mistaken. But just, yeah, re- at, at 15 and a half sacks as a freshman, <laughs> nearly 20 tackles for, loss, for a loss. Everything he did, every time he was on the pitch, he was causing absolute havoc and i see no reason that he can't do that again when wherever he lands in the nfl as long as he gets the right coach yeah i mean if if it was the giants you're talking about some sort of idp monster because the cowboys washington and philly six times in a season oh yeah absolute field day absolute field day um yeah i i think that that would be a great spot for him because he will be the key man um on that on that defense at that point Absolutely. Well, the Eagles traded back from six with the Dolphins. Everybody's saying that the Eagles need some pass-catching help, Ash. They got it. They did. They got the second-best receiver in the draft class. What? And I will tell you why when we get to one of your picks. Oh, no, but... don't know. We're not having that. We don't have enough time, Ash, for that argument. I know what you're going to say. Carry <laughs> on. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyway, <laughs> the Eagles have selected Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. The best wide receiver. No, don't you this put that class. juju or no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Eagles are in that weird transition. There's no doubt about it. They've had a couple of rough years. They've got rid of they've got rid of Wentz. The um, Peterson's gone. They're in. I don't want to say rebuild, but they are in a rebuild, really. And they desperately need a wide receiver. They've obviously got rid of Jackson. They've got I, Jeff. Um, Jeffrey's gone, hasn't he? As well, I don't. Well, I had this conversation the other day with someone. I'm pretty. If he's not gone, he's out. He's going. Let's, or and he's not the player he once was. So they've got last year first rounder Jaden Ragor, uh, and then they've got a, a bunch of other guys like John Hightower and Fulcrum who did a good job last year. But let's be honest, they're not long term starter solutions. They pick up Jamar Chase, who instantly becomes their wide receiver one. He's he's a what he's probably he's probably the best um route runner in this draft class um he's got speed yes he sat out for a year but he did it all in 2019 he didn't need to do anything else this year um he uses his body so well when it comes to the point of catching the ball as well that's that's Um, well uh, my initial thing is like when you watch him physicality and aggression but it's it's tempered aggression in a way that he uses it to his advantage you know just like nuke does with his arms he is an absolutely unworldly arm fighter 
And you, when you see him, when he gets over the top of defenders' arms and he's controlling their body without extending but not giving away the push, it's frightening. Like, yeah. And he, he, he high points and boxes out defenders for fun. Oh, 100%, 100%. And like I say, he walks into to Philadelphia as the wide receiver one. And I mean, you'll be better than me here on the f- fantasy scales. But for me, I, I he's instantly a wide receiver two, touching on wide receiver one from the outset, to be honest, despite landing in Philadelphia. Because obviously, we, Hurts had a good end to the year when he eventually stepped in, but he's still relative unknown. Let's be completely honest. We still haven't seen the full capability of what Hurts can offer and if he can offer that long-term when there is now a bit more tape out on him. But yeah. you've got to be excited wherever Chase lands because he's a difference maker. Whoever throws in the ball, he'll make a play himself. Yeah, no, no, I completely, completely agree. The only thing I would say, I mean, he's definitely a wide receiver too based on volume alone because there's, yeah. there's no one else there. It's just, does Jalen Hurts eat into his upside purely from what he does on the ground but I, I, it, it's an absolute dream situation for him is it the best place he could land for fantasy probably not but he does walk in and become the alpha straight away so 100% Ash alluded to it he for Ash is the second best receiver in this class and the guy I'm going to pick next is Ash's favorite receiver but I think you are doing the player all sorts of injustice so at 13 the Chargers get rid of Hunter Henry and replace him with one of the best, if not the best tight end we've ever seen coming out of college. Pat, no, I'm joking. Kyle Pitts, um, out of Florida, go Gators, chomp, chomp, that whole lot. Can you, I don't even know if you can say chomp, chomp anymore, can you? No idea. No yeah. idea. Murph, Murph be the best one to ask about that. Yeah, let us know, big man. Um, so... Is there anything I can say that would get anybody more hyped up about Kyle Pitts? Because right now he is the... Did you see that he's got the largest wingspan in the last 20 years of anybody uh, as a receiving position? Like, just everything about him. And he's the best receiver in this class, but he's the best... He's the best tight end in this class. To be honest with you, I have been fighting Tom tooth and nail to get Pitts as the number two overall on on our... top 100 now i won't give away if that's happened or not you'll have to tune into uh one of our podcasts to find out <laughs> well probably the but, first one if he's number two <laughs> no i'm on about when it, well, I think it's going to be out in the next couple of weeks we're going to do our right, top 100 fair. breakdown but it's just i mean he's good enough at blocking as well but that's not what you want him for and that's the one area that you would like to him to improve his overall i think not his blocking overall but the um he can he, he can it's a bit slow when it comes to the actual block itself, but you don't want him for that. He he runs he runs great route. He's he's a great route runner. I just I can't I can't say how much I uh, love Carl Pitts. Uh, it's it's well up there with with a couple of other guys that I've fallen in love with. Um, again, anyone who listens to the college pods knows my love affair with um there's, with with um. There's no superlatives that you can say that no. you just need to go and watch 2020 tape just to see how good Kyle Pitts really is. I mean, value-wise, this is an absolute steal at 13, the fact the Chargers are getting Kyle Pitts at 13. I think you're right, Ash. He is one of the best receivers in the class. I'm hard-pressed to say the best receiver purely because I think it's doing him an injustice as a tight end because if you brand him as a wide receiver 
you don't get any of the benefits of him playing at the tight end position. And with position scarcity at the tight end position, I think what he offers you from an inline position and in the blocking game, you know, the sort of block and release or the short run over the middle from the inline position, but then you can throw him out wide or you could put him in the backfield to help with a run block. There's so much he offers as a tight end. I think it's unfair to call him the best receiver. And I know that as a receiving option, he probably is the best, but I like to package him all on his own as the best offensive player in the draft, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think me saying receivers probably sort of misrepresenting what I mean. I mean, he's he, he he's the best catcher of the ball in this in this draft. <laughs> there we go, let's say that. But I completely agree. He, for me, he becomes a, a, one of the top considerations from the outset at tight end. Obviously, we need to see where he lands. If he lands in, if he lands in LA with the Chargers, cheers! Wow, Herbert <laughs> is in for an absolute treat as long as he can stay upright. Because obviously, I think that's still probably one of their main needs. But you cannot pass up on Carl Pitts. Nope. Replace Hunter Henry, who was a who was a great tight end in his own right, but had his injury issues. Put Pitts on this offense alongside Herbert. You've then also still got, you've got Keenan Allen there to take up. Um, and um, Williams, they're all going to take away players. And then you've just got Pitts, who's going to be like, cool, give me the ball. I'm going to yeah. kill everybody and make it happen. If that if that happens, I'm very scared for that Chargers offense. Yeah. Ash, we've got a trade. The Panthers have. have moved back up to 14. Yes. So the Panthers have traded with the Vikings for the number 14 pick. Um, and they gave up the 29 the 39 and 151 for the 14th overall pick. And they took JC Horn, cornerback from South Carolina. And he is another cornerback that is right up there in that consideration. It's very difficult. If you you take away Farley's injury, his injury concerns, Horn, Satan and Farley are all incredibly close. Um, But the Panthers move up and they've made their third round one trade, which is crazy in its own right um <laughs> and and they keep horn in state he obviously came out of south carolina and he's, he's staying in carolina um horn has got top top tier size for a cornerback once again uh physicality um he played the majority of his time in south carolina on the outside and that is where i project him to be he'll be one of those outside corners um and he just makes himself a nuisance for for receivers because of his aggression and he will just fight a wide receiver in the right way as well he's not overly aggressive to a point of where he's going to give up fouls he's he's just got that aggressive nature alongside his ridiculous coverage skills the one concern I have for him is his tackling as a whole when it comes to the actual tracking the player brilliant however he again gets a bit too overzealous and he'll he'll miss the tackle or he won't wrap up on occasion, that's the only criticism I have. However, I think the Panthers are another team that, despite using was it all of their picks last year on on defense, yep, are still lacking on the defensive <laughs> side. Give them time, Ash. Give well, them time. no, Dante Jackson. Unfortunately for him, he as well as he started in his rookie year, he's really not progressed any further than that. Um, they did bring in Troy Pride. But but for me, Horn is a, is a must-have. He will step in as the cornerback one, um, and and give this and give this secondary a, a boost and, and cause quarterbacks problems. Yeah, there's. I, 
I don't think I can add anything to that. I'm not as high on JC Horn as, as some people are. And I think I've got him at three and it's quite a distance for me between Satane, Farley and, and Horn. But, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a quarterbacks guy, so I'm willing to listen to your wisdom on that one, Ash. <laughs> at 15, the Patriots select defensive tackle Christian Barmore from Alabama. This one, I didn't know where to go with this. I mean, the Patriots are getting so many players back on defense from opt-outs last year. I, I think this makes them even stronger after they get their starters back. They've stocked up on offensive weapons in free agency, as we saw. And Barmore, it, I haven't seen much of him, Ash, if I'm honest. But I do know that he's good in the run game. But he's, he needs to work on his, you know, getting to the quarterback and, and work in the pass game. Yeah, he's undoubtedly the best defensive tackle inside defensive lineman in the in, in this draft class. And I think people are going to pay a premium for that because I wouldn't say the drop is significant, but he's the only one really for me that is in first round consideration. Um, and you're right. I think one of the one of the concerns I have for him is he's not the biggest defensive tackle, which is fine at the college level, but he will need to add mass for him to be competitive against these bigger um, O-linemen in the NFL. But as I say, you, you're going to pay that premium um, for for a guy like Barman if you need that upgrade. It's an interesting move. It's not personally where I, I would go. Um, I think Patriots, like I say, have got a lot of people coming back. They've been quite aggressive on both sides of the ball in free agency, bringing in Henry Anderson and, and, and Godshan, and they've got a Spence. And they've got a few guys there. I don't think it's the... Uh, maybe the best move here for them, but it's like you say, it's another piece to that defense that just makes it even more frightening. Ash, you've got pick yes. 16. Fire away the Cardinals. Yes, I have got the pick 16. And uh, I mean, it's a surprising one because they've gone for Mikar Parsons, linebacker for Penn State. Linebacker is probably not their biggest need um, because they have got Hicks, they've got. First round, Isaiah Simmons, I want to say, went yep. first round last year. They've still got those two there, but you cannot pass up on Mikar Parsons anymore. I mean, this guy, despite opting out in 2020, is the best linebacker in this class, in my opinion. He's got elite athleticism, especially for a linebacker, but he's a big guy. He's 6'4", I want to say. Could be well off. I've not got I've not got it in front of me, but just off the top <laughs> of my head, I want to say he's 6'4", which for I a linebacker... Yeah, that's don't. It's going to be wrong, I reckon. Anyway, but I'll carry on because, yeah, so he's a big lad. He's got great athleticism and he's got a motor that will not stop. He is up and down, left to right, all game. He runs. He ran the Penn State defense. He is the type of middle linebacker you want that will captain. Now, he, from don't hear what I'm not saying, but... <laughs> He will command the def- like the, the, the defence like Luke Keekley. He's got that mentality. I'm not saying he's Luke Keekley. Do not put that on me. However, he got he will command the defence in that in that sort of respect. And he's also super aggressive, but he's super aggressive in the right way. He's not just gonna go and try and cut like smash someone's head off. But when he gets into someone or he gets in the pursuit of someone, the, he is gonna take him down and he's gonna do it well. Um, and I think the only thing that I would look to improve from him is his coverage, um, because of course, as a as a as a as a linebacker, yes, you will need to drop in coverage at times. But um, 
that's the one area that I can see in the game that I'd look to improve on him. But from a, from for me, he steps in anywhere he lands as a day one starting middle linebacker. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think because Simmons was so utilitarian, that's probably yeah. the wrong word. He, he's good in utilization. You could play him at safety if you wanted to make sure Parsons was on the field all the time. So, or, or you could play them next to each other. Probably, uh, I, I don't know how that would go as a fit. In in reality, Ash. Do you think Michael Parsons falls a little bit more after the recent news of hazing and stuff at Penn State? Or do you think his talent prevails? Yeah, that is a difficult one. Obviously, you will have that off-field concern surrounding him. Um, I think the more I look at it and the needs of the teams above, this is probably whereabouts he's going to land. But from a talent perspective... I would have he should be a top 10 but yes I think that will play on some people's minds and it will very much depend on how he interviews as well which is obviously something we never get to see mm. which is a real shame um but is this a is this a does he overcome that um and of course it's allegations so we don't fully know the extent of it but where there's allegations there's there's sometimes a plethora of truth so well yeah, yeah I mean there's, there's no smoke without fire isn't, isn't that is it? very true Ash very true. we've uh We've been going now for a good old 60 British minutes. What do you reckon we split this into two and treat Rush Nation to a two-parter? I reckon that's probably a good idea because we could probably go another two hours the way <laughs> well, I, I mean, get very excited. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fully aboard. You know, the, these things, they're absolutely great and I, I love it. And, I, you know, when you get, get someone on who's passionate like you are and, and we get talking, the hour seems to go past very quickly. You, you write your show, Doc, and you write, we'll, we'll do two minutes a player. And after we got to the third pick, we're 25 minutes in. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't going smoothly. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, one person smooth, our smooth isn't necessarily a two minute job because once we get chatting, it's all good and dandy. I have massively enjoyed these first 16 picks ash i'm so pleased i asked you to come back and and we got to hang out again yeah i've really enjoyed it i've really enjoyed it i'm, I'm buzzing to get into the next 16 and and just yeah again just talk and talk until i can't talk anymore but no i've really enjoyed it i'm, I'm very glad you've had me on um and, and hopefully we can do this again soon well you, you say that we've got another 16 to do so you're coming back very soon very indeed. soon <laughs> if you uh if you haven't checked out tom and ash over at five yard college that's their twitter handle they do have their own podcast channel because they're big time now so search five yard college and they get all your college needs right there ash have i missed anything no, I think you've you've hit it all on the head there. Um, very exciting times, as you can imagine, with the draft, and then even more when we get the build up to next season. Exactly that, and and your Twitter handle, Ash. If you're new to Five Yard Rush and they don't know where to find you, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me personally at addicted to underscore ff, um, and of course we've got the uh, the college has its own one, which is at Five Yard College. There you go, Rush Nation. Thank you for tuning in for the first part of this, but Rush Nation. Until Ash and I, or Murph and I, or whichever one drops you first, enjoy your bank holiday weekend, stay safe, and keep rushing. a long, healthy life 
if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.